Welcome to the Beef State Show. It is Wednesday, January 25th. I am Joe Wheel. My handsome friend over there is Mr. Scott Weinman. Uh, we have a lot to discuss with you in terms of the Nebraska football uh, potentially touch on some other topics in the Nebraska sports world. Uh, but before we do that, make sure you guys hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate the hell out of that. It helps us in ways you couldn't even imagine. Uh, it's really right now the only way to help us, but uh, helps us makes our makes our uh, dreams come true. Uh, we have a lot, a lot to talk about for a uh, January 25th offseason. Uh, usually kind of the dry season that we're in right now in the uh, football offseason season. Uh, but we have uh, transfers to talk about. We got some recruits. Uh, Matt Rule was on busting with the boys, and then we'll touch a little bit on uh, Trev Alberts going on Sports Nightly. Uh, always some interesting tidbits from the uh, black shirt that leads the Nebraska football and athletics department. Uh, first of all, Scott, this uh, this winter, how are you doing? How's the farm putting up with the weather? A lot of uh, any issues out there with all the snow and all that? Um, the roads, the country roads this year are about as bad as I've ever seen them. I don't know what that is. Cause it's not like we're getting crazy amounts of snow, uh-huh. but for whatever reason, it's, it's about as bad of driving conditions on the country roads as I've ever seen. Who does the roads out there? The County. Oh, really? And so basically nobody, but I'm really glad that I don't have a Toyota Corolla anymore. I'll just say that. Yeah, I definitely slid off the road if I had the Toyota Corolla still. Oof. Switch to the RAV4. How's the RAV4 treating you? It's really good. I love it. Shout out Toyota. Shout out to Honda. All right. Um, let's dive right in. So Husker recruits. Nebraska is now ranked yeah. 27th nationally overall. Uh, 23rd in composite transfer. 16th. That's from 24-7. I uh, know rankings can kind of vary a little bit. Uh, and we'll talk about some of these recruits. Um, and then they're, they're like How stars. It seems like we've added like 10 recruits and we've stayed at 26 or 27. Yeah. It's cause it's just average. It's just average. Right. Does it, I wonder if like at a certain number of recruits, does it stop counting? Well, I think it's just when you have so many, it kind of dilutes a little bit. So the more you add, maybe. the less it's going to affect things. But yeah, yeah it maybe. is. It's cause it's not weighted. Right, like it's just if you have more, you rank higher. Because if you have like Maybe. one five star, you're not. I wonder if that cuts off at twenty five. At twenty fifth rank. No, 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 at twenty five recruits in your class. Hmm, that would make sense. We will look into it. If the uh, and then they just take your top twenty five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here, you we'll get, get to the bottom cooling. of it. Yeah, we'll yeah, get cheers. to the bottom of that. Too late time. Yeah. Scott's drinking some uh, itchy Kool-Aid. He's, he might be itching here. He's drinking some pre-workout here in a minute. Uh, okay, so let's start with uh, Mr. Demetrius Bell. Uh, listed as an mm-hmm. athlete, 6'1", 175 pounds, uh, out of Nashville, Tennessee. A three-star uh, on 24-7. I think he might be a four on uh, like on three. Uh, former Michigan State commit. Uh, I think all the guys we're going to talk about here are going to fit the Matt Rule kind of mold that we've seen so far. Uh, super athletic guy, um, could potentially play all sorts of positions. Um, you know, speed guy. Yeah, this guy had a lot of offers from a lot of uh, Power Five schools, but eventually ended up choosing Nebraska. Um, and you know, if he's you know he's six one, hundred seventy five pounds, probably going to fit somewhere in that wide receiver room. Who knows? Maybe the running back 
backfield, but these are pretty loaded positions that we have at this point. Now, obviously he's coming in as a freshman. Um, where, I mean, where does that room kind of shake out with the addition of this? I mean, you've got 17 wide receivers that were carrying into spring, 17 scholarship wide receivers that were carrying into spring. Um, that's quite a bit. And in an offense where it seems like we're not going to be doing as many four wide sets, uh, the, the offensive coordinator has been talking about running, uh, single to triple tight end set personnel. So you, you think the wide receiver position, you know, it is still, still remains incredibly important, but there you're just not going to have as much room for all these guys. Yeah. I think you could definitely see five probably transfer out. Yeah. I mean, we've got 101 scholarship guys on our roster right now, and you got to get down to 85 by the start of the end of fall camp. Is that what it is? I think so. so it'll be after spring ball, I believe, right? Yeah. I think, I think you can only enter fall camp with 85. So we've got 16 guys on the roster. Now it's 102, actually. So 16, 17 guys on the roster need to transfer out by fall camp. So we shouldn't panic. Five, we shouldn't panic when we see a mass X because we're going to see an exodus of guys at some point uh, before fall Unless, camp. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're either going to transfer out or they die. You know, like those gotcha. are the two ways that. <laughs> yeah, so we're going but, to see some guys know, transfer out. We see a bus crashing. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see sixteen guys transfer out. That's what it's going to be. So don't get too worried about it, especially with you know I can already see the narrative of people who aren't totally Matt rule fans and people who aren't big fans of him hiring a 24 year old coach to coach wide receivers, mm-hmm. but you're going to see five plus guys transfer out of that room. So I'm, I want to get ahead of the narrative that they're not transferring out because he's not a good coach or because he's not managing the room. Well, that's just what they have to do. Yeah. I think a lot of those people are kind of changing a little bit. I think a lot of people who weren't necessarily super pumped about Matt rule coming in are already changing their viewpoint a little bit. I think people are, Mm-hmm. impressed with how hard he's working impressed with what him and his staff have done specifically around the state of nebraska and then just the class in general where people are already starting to switch now there are people who and i think it's fair are just going to totally hold out uh any opinion until games are played and i think that's totally fair um yeah but i think for the most part he's winning people over i don't think anyone anyone's opinion has lowered on matt rule since his hiring no, no, I don't think so at all. Um, I do think there are some valid criticisms of how he built his staff because it feels like you could have gotten some of these guys as analysts, you know, or as coaching assistants. Mm-hmm. You know, we paid $7 million for this assistant pool, and they, a lot of these guys you weren't fighting anyone else off for, but um, it's something you can give them the benefit of the doubt. But if another coach did it, I would criticize them, so I'm going to criticize rule. Yeah, and I think we'll get to this, but there was kind of some discussion, at least on like Husker Twitter, about uh, potentially Rule commenting that on Bustin' with the Boys, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But him kind of saying, hey, this, and I don't know if this is directly what he was talking about, but he was kind of talking about how he comes into a place, his place has been losing. Um, he has experience doing this. He has had a lot of success doing this. So it's like, hey, let me do my thing, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. I agree. So we'll, we'll wait and see. And yeah. that's certainly not, you know, because he hired some assistants that might be a little bit young, under credential. That's not, um, that doesn't mean he's going to lose games. So I'm not saying that I'm just no. saying that 
if it doesn't go well, that's going to be where people start to criticize. That's where the criticism is going to start. Sure. But back to the roster, we're also carrying six quarterbacks into the spring on scholarship. So you can definitely probably anticipate oh, yeah. two, maybe even three of those guys leaving. We started the, the Frost tenure with two scholarship quarterbacks on wow. roster. His first year, there was two who, Vedral and Martinez? No, Vedral wasn't here. They couldn't get Vedral um, on scholarship quick enough, and so he couldn't technically play yet. You had Martinez, you had Jebia, who then transferred out, and then you had, uh, who was it? I think Andrew Bunch was his name. Oh, was it Andrew? I don't think it was Andrew. It was Bunch. I can't remember. I don't remember if his first name was Bunch or not. Um, and then you had Matt Masker from Carney. Who's he's a still, he's, is he still on the team this year? It's possible. I think it is Andrew I think he might be. There's that other Carney kid that's out there. Uh, Harvard? Well, he's Carney Catholic. I think there's another nut. There's, he starts with a P. He almost got in. He was our backup. He was like our third string quarterback this year. Oh, he got I think in he, ahead they, of, uh, yeah. He's in the baseball team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll do some research. We'll figure yeah, it out. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what kind of offense they want to run. I mean, a lot of that will be answered in the spring. They've recruited some very good dual threat quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, but you still have Casey Thompson. And it looks like they were looking to keep Casey Thompson because he just signed an extension with the 1890 Collective. Mm-hmm. So Jeff Sims, Casey Thompson look like they're going to be competing for the starting job. You've still got Chubba Purdy. You still have some others. You still have Harburg, and then you bring in Richard Torres. So, I imagine the group in the middle can see all of those guys go. You know, I, Harburg, Smothers, Purdy. I think I think they could all transfer potentially. Okay, let's keep this uh, recruit train rolling. So, uh, Ismail Smith Flores. We believe it's Ismail. Could be Ishmael. We're not one hundred percent sure. The video I watched uh, on YouTube that was very educational and very well put together said Ismail. Um, do you want to play? It, do you want to play it? The sound so we can get it right. Uh, uh, it's these videos are literally just people who upload it onto a website, and then some aggregate just like plays random people who say the name. Incredible video. Uh, but Ismael Smith Flores, a tight end, six foot five, two hundred ten pounds, uh, out of Arlington, Texas, a three star. Uh, also, we'll kind of lump these guys in together. Uh, Jeremiah Charles is a wide receiver, six foot two, 170 pounds. Also from Arlington, Texas, uh, 24 seven doesn't have him ranked yet. Uh, these guys are both coached by Bob Wager, the new tight ends coach. They both only played football for one year. Uh, so both again, fits the mold, uh, athlete kind of over, you know, I don't want to say over football, but they're looking for athleticism. Um, in these guys and they certainly think they have it uh clearly you get an advantage when you add their high school football coach to your roster uh is uh, smith flores could have been a wide receiver or tight end they're going to bring him in as a tight end obviously big body both these guys have a lot more you know experience to gain at their positions but clearly very athletic um and then we can talk Huge about frame. it 
Yeah, we can talk about it in a second, but Smith Flores also in Iowa Legacy. His dad played at Iowa. He was mm-hmm. also, I think, a tight end at mm-hmm. Iowa. So we'll, we'll circle back on that. But defensive Smith... lineman. Oh, he's a defensive lineman. was an all-Big Ten. Uh, was the Big Ten defensive player of the year at Iowa when he played there as a defensive lineman. Uh, and he had right, an offer Iowa. from Iowa, was committed to Iowa at one point, uh, and then did not sign on the early signing day, which is usually a bad sign. Yeah. Um, I think I was pretty strict on if you're not committed to us and you're, or if you are committed to us, don't go to visiting other places. So I wonder if at the point that he didn't sign and was going to op- reopen his com- uh, commitment again, that they may have pulled their offer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like they made a huge, super strong push towards the end, but they're, they're pretty much like you're either in, you're all the way in with Iowa or you're not in at all. So um, as soon as he wasn't all the way in, then that really opened the door to us. Yeah, he's uh, his, his coach, who he loves, his head coach from high school, being his position coach here, I think is a big deal. Love he this guy. He played wide receiver in high school. He's never played tight end. So this will be interesting to see. Probably not a guy you'll see on the field right away, though. Pretty loaded room at this point, I think it's fair to say, with Fanoni yeah, coming back. Very... Is it the most talented room in the on the team? Well, you have two... Uh, was Eric Gilbert a five-star? He was a five-star, right? Yes. So you've got two five-stars in that room. Uh, both young, haven't necessarily played a ton. Um, I think it certainly has to be, right? I know. I mean, we have pretty talented place, like stars-wise. You have a pretty decent, talented, uh, pretty talented groups all around. But I think you might be right. I think it might be the tight end spot. Mm-hmm. Well... Arik is the, the highest rated tight end to ever come out of high school. And then Fedoni was the top tight end in his year. Yeah. Over Brock um, Bowers. Over Brock Bowers. So we'll, yeah, we'll see the, it's certainly interesting. I mean, the talent is there and then you add some, you know, a raw talent with Smith Flores to the room, a guy who literally hasn't played the position before, but certainly has the frame to do it. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. There's a lot of physicality that comes with playing tight end. Um, so. We'll see how much he can pick up on that. Uh, and then again, this that it's starting to be another full room, right? Yeah. Seven tight ends would have probably been too much for the Scott Frost offense, but it, it seems like we're going to be using quite a few of them. So they, they they seem to have no qualms about adding three three tight ends to the roster. And hey, we've had some good tight ends over the years too, huh? Jack Stoll, Travis Vokalek. We've had some dogs at that position too. Mm-hmm. There's been kind of, uh, it's almost, you Austin know, Allen. yeah, Austin Allen. I mean, these are, you know, NFL got like, these are, this has kind of become a tradition now at this point. I mean, you can't claim, yeah. you know, certainly can't claim tight end you at this point, but you know, who knows, maybe <laughs> the next three or four years, we can steal that from Iowa, which, Hey, Iowa, uh, they, Sean Becton, Sean Becton was a really good tight ends coach for Frost. Agreed. He was maybe the best position coach we had. Agreed. Uh, Jeremiah trust. I guess when they went down to recruit Jeremiah Charles, they went to his basketball game. Did you read this story? Mm-hmm. Guy just started balling out of yeah, control. Yeah, he went Captain Insano. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. Apparently, it was insane. I've never seen a stat line like that before. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Also, six two one seventy. Like that's hey, good on this staff for grabbing both those guys. Mm-hmm. Similar position. Yeah, another uh, guy probably going to be a bit before we see him on the field if we do. Sure. especially with how loaded the receiver room is at the top and how experienced the receiver room is. 
uh, but certainly has the athleticism. And if we do have good position coaches, a guy who, who you could probably get a lot out of. All right. Perfect. Uh, in the transfer portal, Nebraska adds another uh, Georgia Bulldog in Jacob Hood, a six foot eight, three hundred and forty pounder, uh, was a former four star, adding some serious size to that room. Only played a one year, or was only there for one year in Georgia. Uh, so we will see, you know, where he kind of uh, probably not going to be a starter on day one or anything like that. But add some serious size to that room, uh, some serious upside to him. Uh, just another body in that room. Uh, Scott, what are your uh, thoughts on Mr. Hood coming to uh, State of Nebraska? Third, third Georgia transfer in three weeks or two weeks. Yeah, um, the corn dogs. No, don't go. say it. No, we can't keep calling these guys corn dogs. You know how insulting that I is like to be called the corn dog. I was going to try and pull up a photo. There's a photo from him on a recruiting visit at Georgia where he's holding an axe. Yeah, Have you seen that. Yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. literally he looks directly out of Mad Max with the chains. It's it's insane. Um, is yeah, he comes. I mean, he'll be one of the biggest guys on the roster. Um, he, he certainly has the length to play tackle. I don't foresee him playing inside, and we need a tackle. Remains. I mean, we haven't seen him play at the D one level. So will will he compete right away at tackle? Do you think? I just don't know. I think he certainly could i think he'll push um some guys in the depth chart potentially i don't know if we'll see him start mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but you know offensive linemen there's always shuffling and injuries unless you have it totally worked out and i think i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a solidified you know offensive line until like week three week four like i could see right. a situation in where there's a lot of plugging and playing a lot of moving guys around the first couple weeks of the season even. especially with how flexible we have a lot of guys that can play inside or outside mm-hmm. probably two or three guys that depending on how the line shakes out, could be playing completely different positions. Um, Hood is not a Walter Rouse where it's like, okay, here's your left tackle. Lock it in right now in, in Sharpie. Yeah. Um, He's also still committed. So still not Walter Rouse. That's true. And it has, we have passed 72 hours. So Yeah. I think we're probably good. Who knows? We're pretty sure. Probably be staying at this point. Is he a guy? um, Is it too late for him to be here in the spring? I don't know. How do transfers work with that? You're probably not missing classes, right? He's probably here right now. I think so. Classes started this week or last week? This week. This week. And so Um, the way the university does it is they they give you two weeks left to enroll. Yeah, but you can start. You don't. You don't have to start the first week, right? That's how it always works. Right, right. So you get two. Yeah, two weeks after. Because I remember always. To, to start. Did you ever never not change classes around your first week? Oh yeah, no, I totally. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I always if had there guys. Was some like professor right away. You read the syllabus and you're like, no, I'm not doing. I'm yeah, not people. Doing this. I mean, I knew guys who would change literally like change the day of their classes just so they could go out the night before, like on the Sunday night, they want to do an early morning, just move the entire class for the whole semester. Um, yeah, that stuff's pretty fluid. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, um, so it, he'll be here in the spring then. So that that's good. That helps us shake out where the O-line is. I still don't think the O-line is settled. I could definitely see us adding someone, um, in the spring or after the spring. Yeah, there'll and be guys. We'll probably see some guys leave too. There'll be so. more guys entering the portal in the future too before the season starts. Yeah, 
you'll see another yeah, run. I, I do really, at this point, I like our depth on a line. I still don't think you've got a solid tackle though. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what Hood is. I just, he's so, so unproven. He's going to be a red shirt freshman. Yeah. Uh, hard to lean on. I did hear at one point that in high school, he was 400 pounds. Jesus. It's just Bro. Um, a he's different got, type of athlete. People are just the, the other tackles that we have. Dude, even like five, six years ago, I feel like guys weren't built like this. Like a six foot eight, no. 340 pound red shirt freshman just coming in. Like these guys, I don't know. Is like, is this like a nutrition? Teddy, well, you've got on the other side, you've got Teddy Prohashka, six foot nine. What the, I know, he's a local guy too. Like, what? Are, like, are kids have... getting fed something different that they're just like bigger and stronger than ever before? Or is it just hormones like hormones in the milk? It's just oh, whole milk. Shout out the whole milk. No, I, oh, I said hormones in the milk. Whole milk would oh. definitely do it. No. But the yeah. I was saying that. The, the hormones in the milk at, Mc, at McDonald's making the kids huge. Yeah. Little uh, uh, Powerade and Sprite. All right. You want to talk uh, mm-hmm. bussing? Yeah. All so right. Matt Rule uh, was recruiting in Nashville, going to see Demetrius Bell, right? Did I get that right? Uh, I think it's here. Why don't I, uh, why don't I start that over? Um, okay. <laughs> uh matt rule was on a recruiting visit in tennessee uh visiting demetrius bell we believe uh, and he stopped by the uh boy will compton and taylor lewan and appeared on busting with the boys for quite a long time he was on the show himself for like an hour and a half uh yeah i loved it it was an incredibly open interview my kind of initial impression was like this is not something we would have seen from any like really any power five coach even just like two three years ago like the, I think the mm-hmm. social media scene, the NIL scene, all this stuff is changing so quickly that, you know, it, it's allowing more for like coaches to come out and, you know, sort of be themselves, talk about things a lot more openly than we would have heard. Like you would not hear mm-hmm. coaches just, you know, three, four years ago talking about these like big policies in college football, uh, how college football is run. Um you know, they're form, like Opening getting, up about fired. getting fired. Yeah. Like, them getting fired like just a couple months ago. A situation that went poorly for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he was very open. He got me fired up. I think he got a lot of people fired up, I would assume. Uh, we'd highly recommend you go watch it. Um, what was what was your kind of initial uh, thought? I think you were pretty interested in the um, the way he kind of relates to recruits with with that firing. Yeah, especially transfers. Um, his pitch that he said that he gives to transfers on how he's sort of in the same situation where he went somewhere and it wasn't the best situation for him. Things didn't work out and now he's, you know, somewhere else and he's going to make the best of that situation. That's that's where all of these guys in the transfer portal are, right? They're all looking uh, somewhere else because some the place they were at wasn't the best situation for them. Um, and I think that's shown because we've gotten quite a few very high-profile transfer guys to come in here and we're not done yet. Obviously he's going to keep adding them, but um, I think you can really tell why recruiting's gone so well for him at this point. Yeah. Um, he definitely has a different pitch than everyone else. Yeah. It's an interesting cause it's, it's kind of just relatable to anyone too. Cause it's not even necessarily 
uh, a transfer thing. Cause I think even like a high school recruit could, you know, I think that's a very relatable thing. Like, Hey, this didn't work out for me. You know, rarely does anyone mm-hmm. come up and be successful and never failed at anything, you know, like right. guys in high right. school, even just, you know, a young high school guy, 17, 18, they've probably had things just even in their football career that didn't go right. Right. Like they, maybe they're not at the position right. they initially wanted. Maybe, you know, this didn't go right. This didn't go, you know, maybe they weren't the starter they wanted to be, whatever. Like they've had to battle through that adversity. So him being able to, you know, talk about that experience and that experience that's like basically still happening where he's still transitioning uh, from the NFL back to college. Uh, They discussed a lot about how the college football scene has changed in just the few years he has been gone. And he kind of reiterated that he's very pro NIL, but again, like he doesn't want someone that's going, that's, you know, that's why they come here, uh, which I would agree with. Cause I think we are both big fans of NIL. We love guys getting money. We want all these players to get paid. We're a very uh, pro player show. I would like that to be known. Um, but again, like if that's the sole reason you're coming or going to a certain school, probably not going to work out the best. Um, so I think that was an interesting message, especially at a place like Nebraska. You know, Nebraska founded the first NIL collective. Uh, it's going to be a big part of, you know, our success going forward at Nebraska. I think that's pretty obvious. But, you know, what were your thoughts on his NIL talk? Yeah, it's good to see a coach embrace it without seeming like he's pushing it, right? Yeah. Because usually the coaches that are like, all for it are the ones that are, it it seems like you're using it too much as a sales pitch. Yeah. And um, honestly, it sort of feels like sort of like the old school mode of college football, where it was like everyone knew players were getting paid under the table. That sort of seems like how he's approaching it, where I'm going to recruit you only about football. These guys over here, you can talk to them. A lot of money for you if you want. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to talk about any of it, um, which is also how it works too. Cause that's like, he's not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. I think he's allowed to say you can maybe get a lot of money, but I, I don't think he's allowed to lay out specific terms right. or go into a specific. Contract. He can tell people. Yeah. You can recruit towards NIL, but I don't think he can set this, the, the deals himself. Um, Another thing I liked uh, that I took away, there was a lot of back and forth uh, and prodding by, by the boys to get him to stoke the flames of the Colorado rivalry. Yeah. And I, you know, rule leaned into it in some places, um, maybe on purpose or not on purpose. uh, And then definitely said, Hey, I'm not trying to, you know, say anything bad about coach prime, but he did say a few things that directly contradicted what prime was doing specifically the no cameras in the locker room. Uh, yeah. There was one other that's uh, slipping my mind right now, but yeah, the um, cameras in the locker room. I, I have a very, I, I understand having cameras, you know, everyone has cameras at practice. Um, maybe at like, you know, the kind of events they do, whether that's in the community or they play like yep. you know, video games, whatever, they always have cameras there, but in like the actual locker room, when you're giving an actual right. speech is really, really interesting. Right. That's there's the no fucking way. Sort of a sacred place. Yeah. For players and coach. Yeah. Yeah. And you might get some, you'll get some like post game stuff, right. Sure. Where you get like the celebration. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, that's, different. you know, there are people everywhere going crazy, just screaming. And it's kind of chaos usually in those scenarios too. Right. And sometimes it's the players recording, but like literally telling cameras, Hey, start recording. I'm going to give a speech after a practice. 
Yeah. That's, that's a different world. Um, Having to wait know, for I, your son to set up the camera before you start talking to the players. It's got to be an awkward situation. Oh, uh, you just made me like, I, I actually shut it there. Yeah. I can feel it that. from here. Yeah. Oh my God. So um, just going on this. Double, do, you think, do you think prime does double takes? Yeah. A hundred percent. Like he goes, I don't know if I, Try that again. Start that over. All right, guys. We're a hundred percent all the time. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I think we should lean into it as a program. Completely reignite the rivalry. They don't like us. We don't like them. They've leaned into it. They're saying keep Nebraska out. We got to go pack that stadium. Well, that might be a situation in where he's just trying to egg on Nebraska fans because they literally don't have any money to pay him. Money. Yeah, that's a good point. Which we have talked about this quite a bit already. But I think personally, there's a back room in Boulder, Colorado, where they're compiling a list uh, of reasons where they could potentially fire uh, Deion Sanders uh, for, or what do you call it? Not for cause. For cause. For cause. Uh, because yes. In case they literally cannot pay him, which is kind of the situation right now where they cannot pay him. Um, yeah. So we will see. But that Colorado game we'll is very see. interesting because right. Colorado's first game is TCU. Uh, then they come home to play Nebraska. Nebraska's first game is at Minnesota and then at Colorado. So they both play, right. both have like pretty tough first games. And then, you know, going to be at Colorado. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, to say the least, how the Dion you know thing. I would, I would love to see. Yeah. He's just straight up come out with like 13 personnel. You know, congrats on recruiting a bunch of five-star cornerbacks. Uh, we're going to have three tight ends out there. We're going to beat the <laughs> we'll hell see. out of you. Yeah, we're going to run the ball at you. We'll see if you guys want to get in there and defeat some blocks. That would be exhilarating. Uh, or, you know, yeah, does does Travis want to want to match up with Thomas Fedoni or Eric Gilbert? Probably not. Oh, Travis Hunter? Probably yeah. not. No. Yeah, those guys, <laughs> that'll be uh, I, 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 very hopeful. Um, that could be the ass-kicking of a lifetime. That would be incredible. I mean... Those I last two love, losses to Colorado it. were tough. Those are some brutal losses too. So to, I want to get out in front of it. I want to make a prediction. I think we'll have two 100-yard rushers that game. Oh yeah, you heard it here first. Boom, 200-yard rushers. Let's go. Hell yeah, we're gonna shove. Okay, we're gonna shove Colorado. Yeah, call me Prime. Call me when you when you recruit some five-star linemen. All right, back to Boston. Uh, another part of this is just like obviously rule is there. Uh, you know, it was probably on a recruiting visit, but just doing that in general is like a huge social media PR piece for the university. And I think him talking about um, just his struggles that he went through, you know, not only just getting fired, but kind of the flack you take, especially getting fired in an NFL job and how that affected him, how that mm-hmm. affected his family and how that he kind of turned that into, you know, hardened his metal. You want to say that? Um to kind of keep pushing forward and, you know, potentially turn you superhuman. Uh, I liked what he said about his goal for guys. He said this a lot, not just about getting guys into the NFL, but once they get in the NFL, getting them their second contract and trying to get them 5 million on that second contract uh, was very mm-hmm. interesting. I think that's very uh, forward thinking. You can, because yeah. I mean, he said and anyone. That's a very who, achievable goal too. That's, that's something that you can, if you're a good player, a good pro you can make that you know usually second contracts are what two three years um so a b of 1.67 that's very achievable for a lot of guys if you're like a solid pro mm-hmm. uh, but 
and then you're you're set up forever. So that's that's probably a really good pitch. That sounds good to, to parents as well, right? Yeah, I mean, you you, you make, don't have to make twenty million a year. You don't have to make, you know, what Jefferson, Justin Jefferson's going to make in no. order to have you set up with generational wealth. Yeah, you make five million dollars a year, or make five million dollars in general. You're pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, if you're smart with your money, you can be set for the rest of your life at that point. Uh, they also what, what's the minimum? What's the minimum? What's like a rookie? What's the what's like well, a minimum contract in the NFL? I want to say it's two hundred like three seventy five. It was at least in the past couple of years. It was I think two hundred a year was the minimum a guy could be paid in the NFL. I don't know if that's how that all works out. It looks like it was renegotiated. Uh, for it, it increases by forty five thousand each year. So a rookie with zero years of experience will make a minimum of seven hundred five thousand. Wow, that's good. So over the life, uh, over the life of the deal, or first year, per year, per year. Oh wow. Oh yeah. And it's actually, it's super interesting how they do it. So you get your signing bonus. And then if you're really smart, what you can do is defer payments uh, and just get the minimum amount until you play in a state with no income tax. And then you take all of your payment when you go play in Florida or Texas. Yeah. So that's why a lot of these teams, like pretty much every NFL team will have an away game either in Florida or Texas. And then you take the, as much money as you can in that one week that you're in an away game in Texas and you don't have to pay state income tax on that. I don't know if that's how that works. I don't think you get paid for what state you're in. You're still paid by the yeah, organization. So you, you get paid where you made the money. Yeah, but I think you, the state laws still apply, which for whatever state you're, you play for. I could be totally wrong. I, I feel like I remember like listening to an athlete talk about this. I mean, that'd be I mean, awesome. You defer all... You defer all the payments until you're in Texas or Florida because they don't have state income tax. And then you just get paid at your max sum for that week that you're there. And then whatever sum you've made during that week when you were playing in Texas, you don't have to pay income tax, state income tax on. Hey, you know, I'm all for guys getting as much money as they possibly can. Um, so there was mm-hmm. also something discussed on this that I don't think I fully realized. So we knew about the Boston Bowl when Nebraska went up to Michigan this year. Uh, it had previously been agreed to uh, by Scott Frost and Trev Alberts when they came for a Nebraska game that last year. Or was it the start of this year? No, I think it was last spring uh, game. That, spring was game. In, that was in fall camp. That was yeah, it was spring game. game. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess because of that firing when they, Nebraska played Michigan, I guess, according to them, that was an unofficial bus and bowl. Uh, but... They got Matt Rule to sign the official documents that John Harbaugh has signed. So it does look like we will be getting the first official bus and bowl this next year. I believe the trophy is residing in Ann Arbor right now. Um, so, you know, kudos to us for uh, getting. I thought we, you know, we couldn't win out on the trophy, fill it up with Nebraska. Uh, and now it appears we can, you know, just beat Michigan every time we play them, you know, in perpetuity. Yep. So looks like a, that thing's going to be totally full of uh, Nebraska from going forward. Yeah, we should honestly lean into this, lean into the $5 bits of broken chair trophy. The stuff that comes up organically, I feel like is way more cool. Obviously, Nebraska and Iowa doesn't need the, the Hy-Vee Heroes trophy to make that game special. But I think it's she- is it Shields ones, now. That That is a giant trophy. I do love that trophy. But the... Um, 
I don't know the the bus and bowl and the five dollar bits of broken chair seem like a cooler events than uh, than than like having a forced sort of market you know brand. Do we have one with Wisconsin? This is a brand, but I don't know. <laughs> we wouldn't know as a Nebraska fan. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, you're totally right. the The actual ones that come up and things like that are a thousand times mm-hmm. better. Because that's how they made the cool ones back then. The Big Ten's full of good trophies, and so is the SEC. Like, what do we have? Like a hog and Who's an the axe, axe? And Paul Bunyan. The axe is Wisconsin and Iowa. Wisconsin, Minnesota is Wisconsin, Minnesota. axe, and the winning team goes down and chops the other team's goalpost down. That one's awesome with the axe, and you usually give it to like a senior offensive lineman. Um, yeah, that one's sick. But these all started you know, because of like newspapers a hundred years ago. You yeah. know what I mean? They all started organically. They were never like these, like, I mean, obviously Boston is a brand, but it's a little bit different, right? It, yeah. It's a real like spirit of rivalry. So it's something fun. Dude, that Boston like, trophy is huge too. Like I watched mm-hmm. the uh, pod or the like vlog that they did when they brought it to Michigan It and they pulled it out of whatever they pulled it out of literally looked like the, um, What's the thing in Indiana Jones that with the Ten Commandments in it? The Ark. Yeah, it literally looked like the Ark of the Covenant size. Like it should have had those two things. And like if you looked at it, your face (laughs) was going to get melted off. Like that thing is absolutely enormous. What would be the Ark if the if you have like BYU and Notre Dame play for the Ark of the Covenant? That would be sick. Well, we're gonna have we we could make no TCU Baylor. TCU Baylor should play for the Ark of the Covenant. That should be their trophy. What's Baylor? Baylor is a Christian university. Oh, is They're it like, really? Yeah. Shit, I didn't know. Their that. their school logo is like is like unapologetically Christian. That's like their their slogan. Slogan, yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other uh, takeaways from Mister uh, from Coach Rule on busting with the boys? Who um, who would you like to see Nebraska? What, what would be like? Because, like, obviously, we're going to play USC, UCLA every year, mm-hmm. right? No matter how the, the next whatever thing shakes down, they're not going to miss the chance of having one of those teams have to play halfway across the country instead of all the way across the country. Yeah. So we're going to be playing one of those teams quite a bit. If you had to make a trophy for us and one of those teams, what would you make it? Um, USC, I don't know if they have a Trojan horse trophy. Um, that would be a sweet one. Which also, cool. the Trojan horse was used against the Trojans, right? It was brought into Troy. Um, that won't be sweet. What's UCLA? They're the... Bruins. Bruins. What's a Bruin? Is yeah. that gold? It's a bear. It's a big bear. Oh, it's a bear. Like a Kodiak bear. Yeah. Brown bear. Yeah, I don't know if you could do the Trojan horse, because that would be... Uh... Maybe you do like a Trojan right. cow or something. Trojan cob. What's the bowl that they used to? Never, never mind. Oh, you're talking the about the bowl, bowl they used to put people in and light it all fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. You can't do that. Um, but can you imagine if there was like an eight foot horse trophy that gets wheeled in, and they put like like their smallest receiver in it, and he pops out at the end? Yeah, that'd that be would incredible. Be, or just like all the all the male cheerleaders, and then they just like pop out. That'd be sweet. How do we not have a cob? There's no Cobb trophy or anything. Like Iowa and Nebraska should have a corn related. 
I guess our corner is just a lot better than everyone else, so there's really no point. We sh- you're you're right. We should have a corn related trophy with them. What would it? Just to like a like a staff. That's like a corn stock. Yeah, corn stock. That would be sick. Yeah, and then you have oh, like a, a red and gold jewel on top. Yeah, like a wizard staff, but with corn. Mm-hmm. Corn wizard. Yep. We'll think about it. We'll think about it. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for those two teams to get added. The Big Ten is going to be so much different. It's um, hey, USC needs to. USC is going to need to get that defense kind of figured out before they come to the Big Ten. That's a problem. That defense is a problem. Same with UCLA. I mean, it's just. It's like Nebraska switching to the Big Ten. You know, we were basically running like a four-two-five. Yeah. Uh, and then you face teams that are going to run the ball forty-five times a game. Uh, we just weren't big enough. So, I mean, in the Pac-12, that's even more exacerbated. That's why you got teams like Utah, who might not be the most talented, but they're able to beat up on everybody every year. Yeah. Because by Cam November, Cam Rising is coming back, right? Nobody wants to go to Utah where it's cold. And they're going to run the ball 50 times a game. And you can't drink, yeah. That's going to be a tough sell. Well, what is it? 4, 3%? 3.2%? Something like that. Yeah. Got to be a little difficult. Mm. Um, all right. Trev Alberts was on uh, Husker Nightly. Was that last night? The 24th. Um, just briefly, he, he did talk about... Um, I was surprised how often Matt Rule talked about a rebuild. I feel like that's a word coaches kind of try to avoid. Um, they shouldn't, especially in this scenario, because it's obviously the truth. Uh, but Trev had just kind of an interesting comment about how Matt Rule's making everyone kind of feel like they are part of the rebuild. And I think he was kind of talking about people just around the state, which I love, like getting involved. You know, he's made it a point to get involved kind of with everything. They want to, like, get their hands in the dirt, you know, feel kind of the culture of the state, get involved with people. And I think they've done uh, an incredible job at doing that. And Trev kind of talked about how when he thought Nebraska was great, that was kind of the feeling around the state is that everyone felt that they were a part of that. Now, over the past, you know, a couple of coaches, I don't think that's been the case at all. I think it was kind of everything felt very closed off. Uh, I don't think anyone would argue with that. Like it just kind of felt like Nebraska, you know, felt a little, I don't know, like separate from the football program a little like just, it was like a degree of separation, right? Like there's still all, all the crazy, great mm-hmm. fan support, all that kind of stuff. But it felt like we weren't, you know, there was great social media, all that kind of stuff. It just felt like we were kind of uh, logged out of it, right? Like we weren't fully connected in. Does that make any sense? Yeah, there's sort of like an us against the world mentality that developed uh, certainly around Bo's tenure. Um, I don't think it was there during the Riley era, but it was sort of like administration against the world during the Riley era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with frost, everything sort of, he kept saying like year two, year two, year two. Year two and then after year two didn't go as year planned, three, year three, year three, it probably was his best year. Um, it started to be pointing the fingers towards, Oh, we don't have our guys when we got here, things are bad. So like that. And then you've got, and then you develop sort of a program against the world mentality. Yeah. So, it's been a while since there's been really good feelings, probably since you're one of Frost or, you know, maybe you're one of every coaches like this, probably not for you're one of Riley, but where it feels like everyone's pulling in the same direction. 
Yeah. I think that's true with the administration, uh, the coaching staff, and just kind of the state. I think Matt Rules and the staff's doing a good job about, you know, organically kind of growing their support. I, part of me, when Matt Rule was hired, was I think people generally felt pretty positive about the hire. I think there were some people disappointed, not necessarily disappointed, um, just not super sold on it. And I kind of liked that. It kind of felt like we needed that after the frost thing. Like it felt like if everyone just totally bought in, something was just gonna kind of feel mm. off. I like that th- that he's kind of had to um he's like winning over the fan base. It a little bit. Yeah. And not that he wouldn't do a good job we're without it that. For it. We're not cheap dates anymore. Yeah, we're not cheap dates anymore. We're, I, it felt like the fan base was gonna be a little bit more um kind of I don't know. We were pretty dumb when I'm not speaking for the whole fan base. I'm going to speak about myself. Pretty dumb. Like, oh, this guy's going to win a national championship in like two years. This is going to be easy. And it wasn't. And it was not pretty. Nope. I think we all severely underestimated how hard it is to build a college football program. Yeah. And I think maybe Scott Frost did too. Yeah, big time. Uh, Also, April 22nd, spring game. Uh, We'll have to do something special for that. Maybe we'll do... uh, some real interesting stuff with that. Uh, tickets go on sale next week. So um, yeah, and it sounds like actually that was a big takeaway that I got from from Trev. Uh, I'm now a little bit interested in the spring game because he said we're actually going to be playing football. Oh yeah, which makes sense because we might be literally carrying. You know, you might have 50 guys on each side. That'd be nice because I've gone to the spring game almost like literally almost every year of my life. Like there's only a couple of spring games I haven't been to since I was like six. For some like we've always mm-hmm. just gone to the spring game. I mean, why not? So, because uh, the you do it for the drug free pledge at halftime. Do you ever do the drug free pledge? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I definitely did sure. it too. Didn't work for me, but <laughs> yeah, I definitely had my aunt when I was like twenty two. Uh, we were at the game. This is a few years ago. My aunt told me to go down. Like you literally just bought me a beer like twenty five minutes ago, <laughs> but. You know, and even if you don't, you got to go down on the field. You did not go down onto the field for the drug free pledge at 22. Did no, you? no, no, it's 22. But even if, okay. even if you're not going to do the pledge, you got to go down on the field because you get down on the field. I don't think they do the pledge anymore, do they? They don't, they don't, they don't allow you back on the field anymore. Maybe it was a COVID thing. Maybe it was a COVID thing. Because uh, I don't think they do it anymore. That's a logistical nightmare getting all those people down and then back up. Children, yes. Yeah, yeah. and there's always like two people playing football that they can't get off the field quick enough. Throwing the pigskin around. Yeah. 5,000 children need to get down to the field and then up and off the field within a matter of 20 minutes. Yeah. In the universe, in the stadium. Uh, I guess where are, where are we with the stadium situation? Like how much renovating has been done? Is there going to be, or I don't know if there's going to be noticeable changes by the spring game. There's a lot of what construction. Did they do? I think it was South Stadium that they just widened a bunch of seats. Yeah. I, I think that was like the east. I think they took overhang. out like five thousand seats. I think they're widening I think we're a down lot to like of them. Eighty-one thousand now, because I think we went. I think we're down to like eighty, the low eighties, and they've like widened the seats, which is good. I don't fit. I'm wide. I'm a wide person. Hell yeah. Even if I was like malnourished, I would still be too wide to fit in that seat comfortably yeah. without having to be like diagonal or standing yeah. the whole time. Just wide body. Uh, I don't know. People were different. People were built different back then. People built different now. Am I still gonna be pissing in a trough? They're still keeping the piss troughs, right? I hope so. I like those. Those are more efficient. Yeah. As soon as you start putting in urinals, then people have lines. 
Yeah, it, it is try pretty if you efficient. Got no lines. Yeah, it would, it would feel weird not to. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else you um, want to tell the uh, fine people before we log off, Scotty? What's your favorite spring game format? I think I like when they do offense versus defense. So offense versus defense. Are you talking about like offensive ones versus defensive ones? That's that's why I like it because you yeah because then you get the offensive ones versus defensive ones. Yeah, I don't know why not. Like I understand that there's like injury potentials, but. I mean, when he says they're going to play football, are they going to do like thud or are they going to fully play like fully? I think he said like they'll tackle full tackle. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, in my opinion, thud is just as dangerous as full tackle. Yeah. Cause you're, you're still getting you all that hit. Pull, once you have guys pulling up, that's where you got injuries. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the team probably, I don't know if it'll be necessary every year, but I think the team could use um, just more hits. I think any, like yeah, any, any way sure. they can replicate game action. Have you seen the, mm-hmm. uh, you've watched the video of the uh, facility that they're building, right? Like the full mm-hmm. breakdown. Have you seen that walkthrough mm-hmm. room? The walkthrough room is insane. So it's like the fairly, it's relatively small room. Uh, I'm making this number up, but let's say it's like, you know, 40 feet by like 10 feet or 20 feet. So it's just for walkthroughs and like one wall is just entirely screen, a screen. And then it's just turf in there. So it's just for walkthroughs, but you get to like a video oh. board on the wall to get those run throughs. That's really interesting. Mm hmm. There's also I was kind of surprised like with that. how much Matt Rule talked about uh, like rehab stuff, like how focused he was on having all the modalities and the cupping and the scraping, uh, which you know I think most. It's people, not like I feel like Nebraska had that, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. I was kind of surprised by like that. We've been a pretty premier training, you know, athletic training school. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know how this I stuff is. There's always like, every like you know, five years, Temple there's Baylor. some new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just making sure that it's a priority to invest in. I think that's good. Uh, but yeah, like Temple, maybe Temple and Baylor didn't have that sort of investment. Yeah. I would assume You know, that. he hasn't been to a, Matt Rule hasn't been to a Big Ten school yet. So maybe he didn't see the difference, but, you know, we're making hundreds of millions of dollars more than Baylor. Yeah. 12 schools so we can afford to invest whatever he wants are we getting the uh chili cinnamon roll ice cream soon does that exist or was that a photoshop no that's real photos who creamery's got it it might not be out for the oh. average person yet but in the next few days yeah i i feel like that would be something we would like like i think that's gonna let's be do a, it. let's get it yeah well maybe we can get it uh because i'm gonna need some dairy product here soon because on our on our main show on our NFL show, the flyover show, I have to pay up on a bet and eat a Pocky one chip challenge. Oh yeah. A bet. So that maybe he made the, himself the by the way. Cre- the, maybe the chili and cinnamon will be good yeah. to um, cross promotion. Good business. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you listened all the way, we appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Uh, enjoy the winter. We know it's cold out here in the state of Nebraska. Uh, Find a way to enjoy it. We appreciate you. Bye-bye. Thank you.